0: Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the film critic for the website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out all of my written work stemming all the way back to 1996 at that website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. The Family Fang is today's review. It's a comedy, drama, mystery, rated R for some language, and it runs an hour and 45 minutes. The stars are Nicole Kidman and Jason Bateman, with supporting roles for Christopher Walken, Marianne Plunkett, and Catherine Hahn. The director is Jason Bateman, and the screenplay is by David lindsay Aber, based on the novel by Kevin Wilson. The Family Fang marks the second feature directorial effort for its co-star, Jason Bateman. This one's coming after his modestly entertaining bad words from a couple of years ago. It takes a more decidedly subdued turn away from the vulgarity and the smarm of that film toward a more quirky, indie sensibility that seems just about right for this kind of material. Although the family known as the Fangs that are in the film are Unlike pretty much any family that you might encounter in your travels through life, the theme of the film, which is that our parents instill within us much of who we end up being in life, for better or worse, and that shadow that they continue to cast upon us while they're still alive, that's something that's almost universally relatable, even if we don't identify with the actual characters within the film as people that we might meet out on the street milling about. As far as the characters go, playing the grown-up siblings Annie and Baxter Fang are Nicole Kidman and Jason Bateman, of course, respectively. Annie is a famous actress who's become a tabloid sensation recently because she ends up going topless in her latest film role. Baxter's a struggling writer and a journalist on the side who still really hasn't found great success and is suffering a bit of writer's block lately their parents, Caleb and Camille Fang, who were played in their older form by Christopher Walken and Marianne Plunkett. They're famous now for being public performance artists who used to once use Annie and Baxter as kids. They used to refer to them as child A and child B. They would recruit their kids to go out and do pranks in public that would elicit a reaction from the crowds unknowingly. Uh, that were around them, and they would be filmed by their usually their father, Caleb, with a camera as part of their art to reveal a certain truth about humanity by provoking people through the falsehood of their performance. Now that they're older, the Fang children end up pulling away from their exploitative parents. They continue to be influenced by their philosophies on life and art nonetheless, and they continue to be challenged. By trying to fit in with so-called normal society, yet they're unable to form permanent relationships, they resort to a bit of self-medication to ease their persistent anxiety... The family ends up reuniting after Baxter is hospitalized while he was pursuing a journalistic piece that he is writing that has him talking to some men, I think it's in Nebraska or something, that are shooting off spud guns, these potato guns. Uh, Baxter ends up getting shot with one and ends up in the hospital and the family comes to visit. The relationships are now strained. The members of the family are generally unhappy with their current situations in life. The parents really want them to continue doing that art that brought them so much joy when they were younger. But the kids really want to distance themselves from that life. Annie and Baxter later on additionally reconnect after they receive notice that their parents... Caleb and Camille may be the latest victims in a string of killings while they're out on the road to uh, a, a getaway. I think it's in North Carolina. There's blood that's found in their abandoned vehicle. Their bodies are not in sight, so the kids assume, perhaps, that this might be another one of their pranks. But the question remains, and the mystery of this film is, are their parents truly dead? Or is this yet another one of their infamous Fang family pranks meant to unite the once close family perhaps into another series of adventures? And that remains the question for the second half of the film. Uh David Lindsay-Abaire the screenwriter he previously adapted his own play into a 2010 movie that also stars Nicole Kidman and for which he would receive her third Academy Award nomination that was called Rabbit Hole he's adapting here at Nicole Kidman's request Nicole Kidman bought the rights to The Family Fang and also it serves as a co-producer along with Jason Bateman And it's a, it's generally a faithful adaptation of the Kevin Wilson novel, except for a few changes to the characters here and there. And the ending ends up being somewhat different, but uh, pretty much follows along the same story. And, uh, Jason Bateman's character is for some reason changed from Buster from the book to Baxter for reasons unknown for the film. The best guess here is probably he's trying to avoid comparisons to another project that featured Bateman in a dysfunctional family. Of course, television's Arrested Development had a character named Buster on that one. You know, most of this film is set in the so-called present, but there are many flashbacks to the childhood of Annie and Baxter. It shows some of the pranks that they were made to perform. The film opens up with this bank robbery gag that pretty much alarms a lot of the people at the bank. Later on, there's a scene in Central Park park in which the kids are engaging in a pretty terrible public music performance, singing this song called kill all parents, but not for very long because the Fang parents end up antagonizing the kids pretending to be strangers who are very critical of their singing. And that enrages the other parents, despite the nature of that song. Now, as with many quirky indie comedies, the family Fang deals with dysfunctional characters. They end up searching for a way to find peace of mind, some contentment with themselves. And as such, it doesn't really strongly follow a traditional plot line. There is a core mystery as to the whereabouts of the Fang parents that propels many of the actions for the siblings through the second half of the film. Yet the more the film gets into the plotting, the less believable it becomes. So I have to credit Bateman here that he pushes off that mystery as much as he can to try to build up the semi-comical characterizations and some of the themes of the film, because those are what really makes the film and not really this mystery. Especially as the answers start to come in, it becomes not as interesting. Although, the story is lifted from the Kevin Wilson book, it still feels pretty fresh and unique in the world of film. It explores these distinctive and idiosyncratic characters in this oddball family dynamic, and it brings forth some interesting perspectives on the nature of families and why it's difficult for children to break out of the mold set by parents. As far as the acting goes, Nicole Kidman gives a pretty solid performance as Annie Fang. She finds a great deal of conflict in her character that makes her a bundle of joy and sorrow and determination and often confusion. Bateman remains grounded. He's subdued in probably one of his least sarcastic roles in many years. And he lets this collection of actors and this family around him spin off most of the amusement that you'll find within the movie. It's not really a laugh out loud funny movie. You might get a chuckle here and there, but it is still light and interesting. Although I will say it's not really a stretch of an acting performance for Bateman. He still retains that deadpan delivery that he's cultivated over his lifetime of acting. Christopher Walken, he's spot on in one of his best performances in some time. He plays the enthusiastic but overbearing patriarch Caleb, whose narcissism drives his family along for the ride of his art at the expense of their own ability to express themselves fully. And that, and that results in a lot of their conflicts in the shakeout of the family dynamic. Marianne Plunkett may be the least well-known of the main four actors in the movie, but she does bring a welcome geniality and approachability to the more passive character of Camille, the mother, and it gives the family a much-needed warmth at the core that they might otherwise lack with a more comedic actress in the part. Speaking of comedic actresses, the generally underrated Catherine Hahn, who appears prominently also in Bateman's previous film, Bad Words, she plays the younger Camille, though she is playing in a less warm and less contemplative light than Plunkett. So it even though they're playing the same character, it seems that they're quite different in terms of the way that they're playing them. I guess you could read in that she started mellowing out a little bit more over time. Now, while Jason Bateman as a director, he doesn't really have the the visionary skill set yet to elevate the material into the sublime, such as the way Wes Anderson might do with the same material. And he doesn't really draw forth genuinely emotional moments out of this angsty look at a family who is struggling to find ways to connect to each other outside of their art. I think Bateman does well with understated moments of reflective and bittersweet comedy, and he does connect really well with his performers, and he draws out some pretty rich characterizations and a lot of improvised touches that make these characters feel authentic, even though their actions are often idealized. Now, it should be noted that Bateman does come from a family of artists himself, his father, Kent Bateman, was an actor and writer and a producer and a director in the business for many years. And of course, his sister, Justine Bateman of the popular nineteen eighty sitcom Family Ties, he knows about sibling actresses as well. So this stays pretty close to home for him. And so he's able to find some very truthful and occasionally very personal moments from within this very unconventional story. So as a whole, I think the family fang is a bit absurdist in a way that may not cater to mainstream taste, but I do think that those looking for a lighthearted and original look at a kooky family who immerse themselves in fantasy in order to try to resolve their problems in reality, we'll find this a thoughtfully amusing low key effort from Bateman. And I'm going to give it three stars out of four and three stars on my scale means that I do think it is a worthwhile film that is worth a look. If this at all sounds like it's appealing to you, if you're a fan of Jason Bateman, if you're a fan of Nicole Kidman, Christopher Walken, quirky indie comedies, and dysfunctional family comedies. I think that this will offer enough to find entertaining. If that's not your bag, you'll probably give it a pass, but I do think that it is worthwhile for specific audiences. So three stars out of four Four the family fang. If this is not playing near you, I just want to let you know that it's also available on iTunes and Amazon and most places where you can get VOD releases. So, you can rent this for I think it's about 6.99 or something like that if that appeals to you. So, check out your VOD services. It might be on demand on your cable system as well. So, I'd like to thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you did, send me a line, drop me a line and let me know that you're listening. You can write to me and you can find my email address at my website, quipster.net, q-w-i-p-s-t-e-r.net. You can also find links to my Twitter feed and my Facebook page. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, leave a review on iTunes and spread the word. Thank you again and hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies.